the god of hellfire and I bring you fire. Hey kids, I'm here with uh, Mono and Åland, and today we're talking about, I guess, large firewalls or something. Uh, this is Constructing Old School Magic, Monster of the Week. Yeah, this is how we chill from 93 till. This is how we chill from So, Olan, is that correct? Is that what we're talking about today? Yeah, uh, it's great. We have Mano here because he's not um, Mano is not an asshole because he he's not stealing our pod guests to his pod. So, so he's okay yeah. to be here. Pre modcasts are assholes. Uh, they always okay. steal our guests. Mm. So, and yep. we're talking about big fireballs uh, with the guy who plays the most fireballs in all of old school, Mano. Yeah, it's oh, I th- well, I think that. Is true. There's an argument for Daniel Anschutz out of, I forgot where he is, somewhere in the Midwestern U.S. But he is he's a, a really tier zero fireballer. It's probably me or him. Um, it's hard to say, but I think lifetime. It's me because I've been playing fireballs uh, from Broken Draft for literally you know from 1996 through 2010. While nobody even knew what old school was, I was still fireballing people. So I think lifetime fireballs cast. I'm probably the leader. In the clubhouse yeah and uh, what you're talking about Orlan, is actually doing good with the uh, fireballs also right uh yeah um this is um mano has played a um a deck without counter spells uh, and four fireballs and i just copied somewhat similar deck as of his and played it in a tournament and called it trying to be mano uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't really mano because i finished 2-2 two, two, but but then again because i think you fi- finished like 10-0 with this deck in neos um yeah it was it was a really lucky run you had some bad matchups right you played against like the actual deck right that's the yeah. one downside to this deck is it cannot ever beat the, the actual deck yeah um so we kind of came about with um, this when you built your, we talked about like big red white. That's what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Orlan started building his deck. And I'll, I've been a fan of your red, I don't know, large decks a while. <laughs> I, I copied your winter derby list from 2020 also when you play the org version and then you made you made top eight right at lobster con with it right yeah yeah uh, I, I like had a transformational sideboard with white but your moats right exactly and some Sarah angels mm-hmm. uh, your 2020 deck was like shivans and orgs and uh, blood moons uh but the counterless the deck that you went 10-0 with is more of a uh, tell us about it. Um, yeah, it's kind of a different animal from those those sorts of big red decks. It really it, it's funny that you mention it under this fireball umbrella because while it does play four fireballs, it's not like the best fireballing deck around. And really, so I'd say that the idea for the deck just comes from the fact that no creature deck can really ever beat four swords, four bolts, a bunch of mazes, you know, maybe some mirrors, um, maybe a wrath or two, fireballs, etc. So much removal, all of which, which eight of which, or if you include mazes, 11-ish of which cost one mana, you're just going to destroy every creature deck. Like your matchups are, you know, 90% plus against creature decks. You know, the only way you lose is like the broken mind twist, you know, time twister shenanigans. Um... And so my, my initial thought was that this is a way to, so the de- what's what's the real downside with the deck, right? Like sometimes they go, you know, guy into guy and you don't draw swords and you just lose. Or maybe their guy is an order of the ebon hand and you have a swords and you just lose. Mm. And so, so this, like when, when you're playing the deck, the downside mm. could be like if they go overwhelm you with creatures. 
Right, like quick quick ones, basically. You're good mm-hmm. against the slower stuff. You can counter it and, and you know, get your tone running and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, so, but so my thought was, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to push, I'm going to take the blue out of the deck because the counter spells are what's pretty bad against the early creatures. Play, basically just play four bolts in those slots and some mazes in those slots and just destroy creature decks. And I'm going to trade some percentage. Um, I'm going to move my, you know, what is the deck against various creature decks? Like, let's say they're not 12 burn creature decks. They're just like regular four bolts and 12-ish creatures and a pile of good cards decks. The deck is still probably like, you know, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Fluffy, it's 90%, but Immortal is probably like 65% in those matchups, whatever. Let's say 65%. I'm going to mm. push my matchup to 80 plus percent against those decks at the cost of just losing to the actual deck. Like, I cannot beat the deck one in a million times. But since nobody sort of plays the deck very often, at least not in the smaller tournaments because of our gentleman's agreement, it's kind of, I've kind of found a workaround, right? So if I'm not playing against the actual deck, this is probably the best <laughs> deck in the room. So I, yeah. it's a little bit cheesy on my part, to be honest. But yeah, Orlan, you like doing that also, like playing the next best thing yeah. to the deck. Uh, I mean, I like playing control decks, and because if if when you when I switched from playing the de- the actual deck to to troll disco, everyone thought, oh, that's a nice and cool deck, but I still beat like almost everyone except the deck. Uh, if I played the deck and beat the same guys, there was oh, that's so such a boring deck. So, so yeah, and I think this deck works in the same way uh, as long as you play against creature decks. People are not going to say, oh, that deck is so boring because you mm. play books. Oh, you play four fireballs and a lot of maces and whatever. Like, that actually that actually works. So that, that's what uh, made me interested in this deck. And uh, our format was a, a bit strange um, because, like, yeah, Blue Elemental Blast was banned and stuff and bolt was banned whatever so so i kind of uh, tilted towards blue uh, white red anyway uh, mm. but but yeah, yeah we had I, city of brass banned so that, it was a weird format in that sense yeah, you, you I, couldn't really splash blue but i i, I could have played this uh, i could have played this deck in a in a swedish tournament um or something similar to this in a swedish tournament and have a great time because yeah. in a lot of tournaments there's a most people are playing creature decks, depending on who who is in the actual room. Uh, right, right. Like I love, I love your point about playing the second best deck and getting some amount of respect for it, right? Because if you play the actual deck, no one gives a shit. They all shit on you. Fuck you. You're playing the deck. <laughs> blah blah. I get it. It's understandable. I I do that too. It's fine. But now all of a sudden you trade, you change like six cards into a deck that's like. We actually way better against what you're playing and all of a sudden you command respect because you're not playing the deck you're doing something mildly original even though it's like a pile of good cards still right it's very similar to the troll disco thing right like that deck at this point it's kind of been done to death but you do at least like you don't get shit on for playing troll disco but you have similarly good matchups against the creature decks and i think that sort of thing in general like maximizing spike spice respect win percentage all of that stuff that complicated algo of winning games with powerful cards while still garnering a little bit of respect is something i'm always working on and is a little bit under under um people haven't quite figured it out yet in old school yeah, it's something I i'm f- constantly trying to do i felt yeah. like you guys did that with a talk a while back like you really wanted to make the best version of it uh, before moving away from it like you something will right well, back, I mean, back then, I mean, people weren't really playing Togs, right? This was early 2018, and Atog was still kind of a spicy card back then, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was that was a little bit different because I think that was just an underrated card. I don't know. My first my first two old school decks that I that I brewed when I was like, you know, this was twenty early 2015, when I was trying to win, basically trying to win, but maybe maybe be a little bit spicy in my mind one was an atog atog vice serendib bolt deck like basically basically uh dibitog and the other one was savannah lies and serendib you know power sink swords whatever basically like loudery temple decks and yeah. so those decks stuck out to me as the very the very obvious best decks in the room the louder temple lion dib bolt decks kind of have been around for four or five years at this point but the atog deck nobody really played and so we got it. We got some free spice respect playing that deck for a little while, right? <laughs> okay. Because because people didn't understand that it was actually broken. Yeah, and and like 
it has a good matchup against the deck, of course. It, yeah. Not like when you choose this deck that might not have a good percentage uh, uh, against it. But like your engine in this is still like the books, right? Yeah, so this red this red white deck, yeah, it's just a book deck. Um it plays four of all the good red and white spells, four disenchants, four swords, four fireballs, four bolts, four books. The rest is basically power and power mana, and then it plays three mirrors and three Mazeviths. The interesting thing about this deck, though, is so this was this was in a gentleman's um, tournament. So there's no mind twist, no demonic tutor, oh, and no, okay. and no ancestral as well. So it's not like I was being a gentleman by eschewing those cards. I just yeah, wasn't I was allowed to play them. That. No, no, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm not that gentlemanly. No, <laughs> no. Uh, but the three like uh, mirrors might be one kind of card that sticks out a bit. Yeah, oh. I mean that. So I basically and. I played a version of this deck, or I've had this deck on the back of my mind for a long time, you know, like whatever, three plus years. I played a version two-ish years ago in an, in a Neos, and I did well with it. I actually lost in the top four to Jason Seaman uh, from New England, who he's, he's, he's a farmer. So farmer Jason Seaman, he crushed me with Troll Disco because he has counter spells and discs and like it's a terrible matchup for me because he can counter the one or two things that matter i cannot yeah. counter his mind twist or his disc and so i just lose that matchup and he just ran me over but i did what i was supposed to do i destroyed shops decks i destroyed lion dim decks you know all that stuff but that was a um and and so in that in that deck the reason i mentioned this is because i do want some kind of life gain right because like it's kind of awkward dealing with 12 bolt decks and, you know, maybe not 12 bolts, but 10, 10 damage spells plus some fireballs. You can just lose to those decks. And so I was dicking around with Ivory Tower and Fountain of Youth even a little bit. And I was like, well, I could probably tone my way into these towers working and Fountain of Youth is okay, but a little slow, whatever. And mm. then I just realized I have all this burn. Why am I not just playing Mirror Universe? And so I played two mirrors in that original deck. Mm. And um, really, like if you were to if you were to add probably Mind Twist, Demonic Tutor, and Ancestral, like you obviously would in a real tournament, you're probably cutting a Fireball and a Mirror, and I don't know what the last card would be, but like so, it's it's really approximating that first iteration of the deck I had a couple years ago. Yeah, you're you're playing like one Scepter also, uh, for those who can't really see the deck here now, but yeah, some some you would probably play Splash black in that instance i guess i mean there's a there's an argument that i should have splashed black in this deck for demonic tutor but i didn't want to for two reasons one i really didn't want to play that third city of brass or god forbid the fourth city of brass one of the cool things about this deck is i only had to play two city of brasses so i never killed myself but also what am i even going to tutor for right like it's hard enough playing demonic tutor when you have to when you have ancestral and mind twist and the library and the easy cards to tutor for right but mm. now i don't even have those so it's like i guess i'll tutor for balance a lot but am I really going to tutor for, like, Swords to Plowshares? Am I going to tutor for Time Walk? Maybe if I have a Tome going? You know, I don't even know. Yeah. And so I just didn't even want to deal with any of that crap. And a tutor tutor without the really good card to tutor for isn't that great, so I just skipped it entirely. Yeah, mm. I don't I don't like... I don't really like tutor without, like, Draw 7, Ancestral, or, or Mind Twist. It, it's just a... Basically, just have a spell that does something um, yeah. instead. Uh, and I, I kind of like the scepter. Um, I, I, I think it's a fine card. Um, and uh, when I, when I played it against, uh, when I played this deck and played it against uh, the deck, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to counter that, else I'm just gonna lose to it." Yeah, it's yep. like you, you're losing to that card. It's, it's like the fifth, fifth um, mana sink card to your opponent actually can lose to. to. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of why I threw it in at the last second, just as to give me half a chance in hell against a counterspell deck. Like, it's my 61st card, as you can see. It doesn't really belong in the deck, other than other than for that matchup, but I've been generally impressed with the card in a vacuum, and so I figured if there's anywhere I could play it, this slow, slow, grindy deck with tons of mana with a horrible matchup against the card counterspell, this is a spot for it if there ever was one, right? Yeah, mm. and it's so, sometimes it's, yeah... Uh... I kind of I kind of liked it uh, when I played a couple of creatures as well because then you can just uh, disrupt away their creature removal slowly yeah, yeah. and then and then deploy a creature. Then I really like it. Um, yeah, it's like the basically the mind twist in that instance, like what the deck does at least with mind twist. 
Right, where it gets rid of all your swords and then so it can then attack with your factories. It's kind of it's exactly like that. Yeah, mm. uh, and you can at least play factories in this. And I bet those did some work also, especially with all the uh, like lightning bolts and fireballs. They're bad. They're even better here because you can get chippy, right? Because I have four bolts and four fireballs, so I can just chip in here or there. Double bolt you end of turn, fireball you for eight, and all of a sudden you're dead. Where the the actual deck can't really do that. It's funny yeah. though. There's an there's an argument for making this into a moat deck because you have all the white and you just like you could you could at least sideboard moats. I know it's something that you've done in the past, but I don't know. I'm always I'm always at a crossroads with moat and factory because factory's just so good. And sometimes a single factory on its own is a moat. And I know you can play the moat and slow the game down and eventually. Yeah disenchant your own moat once you have control and attack at that point but i also felt like moat here when you don't have counter spell sometimes what happens is they build up a huge board and your moat is holding them off and then they disenchant your moat and attack you for 20 and you just lose whereas if you have a counter spell you just counter spell the disenchant and they're still locked and that's that so that's part of the reason why i, I eschewed moat here but there's an argument for moat in this kind of red white control deck um as well and then again i just don't know what to do with factories there it's a very complicated question that i don't have the right answer to i think you're you're right about like the moat the mini moat thing about them at least like a lot of times they play maybe a lion or maybe a curd ape or whatever and they can't just attack and all you have to do is keep it like two mana untapped in that instance i guess but moat like even they might have removal for it it's like four mana it, it's it could be a problem, I guess, if they rush you with creatures also. I feel uh, like, may like maybe maybe I play one in the board. It's just like a miser's copy to just like, you know, it's really good against shops, right? A lot of shops decks don't play um, don't play white, and it can just fully lock the game there. Yeah. But it's close. I, f I feel like it's probably not the optimal way to build this, you know, to, to move all in on it, play a couple of moats, maybe a third on your board, but have, have two or three in the 75. But I'm very willing to be proven wrong on that. I'm not. I'm not that confident. In my answer. When the rappers feel fragile and far from the heart, this when the facts are bleeding and takes you back from where you started. Yo, B, I want the fire for you. This what you wanna do. I want the fire for you. This what you wanna do. B, I want the fire for you. So come on, the fire for me. Fire for me. Yo, bro, I want the fire for you. This what you wanna do. B, I want the fire for you. This what you wanna do. But you know, how how did you come about having like three mazes? You felt like you're going for a long game, and so those are kind of I actually remember now. So the when I first hatched this idea a few years ago, it was right after Maze was unrestricted, and I was like, "Fucking Maze, man! I'm just gonna I'm gonna destroy <laughs> creature decks." Like I think my the original version might have even had four mazes, and so I had four mazes, four bolts, four swords. You know, I think I even had a wrath. I might have had like one icy or something. I don't know, but it had just so much creature removal. And that's part of the reason why I was on it, because it was right after Maze got unrestricted over here. And I wanted to really push it as hard as I possibly could. Um, which which leads to one of the downfalls with the deck, right? And, and another, one of the actual areas where this deck is worse than the deck, even against creature decks, is against the card Armageddon, right? Yeah. Armageddon destroys me. It is by far... The worst card for me it kills my mazes my whole mana base turns off my tomes everything it's the worst possible card to the point where i actually ordered some equinoxes for my sideboard but they didn't come yeah. in time and so i just said ah fuck it i won't play them and i and i man i actually didn't manage to dodge armageddon i played against quite a few get-ins in the top eight and just like barely squeaked out games like rich shea armageddon me multiple times um jeff grasso in the finals armageddon me i think but there were again there were a lot of Geddens around. Armageddon is like the comeback card of 2021, I feel like. There's like two Armageddons hiding out on the board of lots of various creature decks. And so if this yeah. is the actual if this is the meta going forward, I do not recommend this deck at all, because it can't beat Armageddon. And I like in Noobcom, uh we we had like you talked to Will about the he played the Lion De Bolt deck. I think Swante yeah. did. And like in the top uh, eight we had uh, uh Glanz playing also Armageddon, even though playing bigger creatures there and whatever. Uh, he played you, 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 blue white skies. So yeah. he's, he's pet deck. Um, 
with yeah, the mana vaults, right? He, he yeah. did play yeah. Geddon, uh, as you mentioned, Mono, that like people start playing it. But more. those, I feel like those decks, like I think Will played a couple games in his board, Svanta did as well, and those sorts of decks, like a year ago, weren't really playing any Geddons. Maybe there would be like one in a sideboard. It was either you were a dedicated Geddon deck, a la traditional Urnum Geddon, or De Silva decks circa 2019. Or you didn't play any Geddon's at all. But now people are like kind of, you know, coming together in the middle and realizing how good Geddon is against control decks. And they're just playing a couple and they're 75 somewhere just because it's such a haymaker against grindy decks like this one. I I played uh, I played a couple of Geddon's back a couple of years ago in my white, blue, red fantasy zoo deck. Uh, I had a couple of Geddon's in the sideboard because like it's, it's, it's so good against control decks. Like if you resolve a, uh, Armageddon, they can't win basically. Because right. you have you have only one mana spells and and dibs, uh, so you were so. ahead of the curve then. You were doing that years before it was popular. Well, we 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 have been seeing like Urnum Gedum's always been around, right? Uh, but I guess we haven't seen that much like Atog and I don't know Angst and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. it's because the whole meta has shifted to a, towards a more aggressive. I, I don't know yeah. what's what anymore. If it's a green, <laughs> I mean, like angst, angst, angst is a dead card. It, it's so bad now. Uh, yeah. So many aggressive decks. Uh, yeah, but like in that meta, uh, Gedon isn't that good either, right? Playing the white, more mid-range build. That's kind of why. That's kind of why I like it in your sideboard. It's like, it's like a less situational Ankh that you can play a couple of in your sideboard, right? Sometimes I've sideboarded Ankh before in ATOG lists and stuff just for the actual deck matchup. But what Olin said is absolutely right. You you just cannot play Ankh in this meta anymore where, like, half the decks in the room are playing 12 volts and, like, yeah. you know, eight, eight little guys. You just cannot play Ankh Amishra. Uh, but Geddon sort of does the same thing. Um, you know, it's just a really good haymaker against control decks, and it's a little less... Like, if you draw it on turn 7, it's okay. If you draw Ankh on turn 7, it's pretty terrible, you know? Yeah. We kind of touched on the boat thing before, Olam, but I didn't get your take about it because in your build, uh, yep. you actually played two in main. Well, my, my reasoning in this format was that if, um, since uh, both swords and disenchants were still allowed in this format, I figured that if I'm playing against white players, they are not going to play uh, ground creatures. So... So my mouth is gonna be good where it should be good against like the green, red, uh, blackish aggro decks. Uh, mm. And I played against one, and I played a moat, and he just lost. Uh, and, and so, so it kind of worked as expected. But then I, again, I, I played played against the deck where I had to board it out. It was worthless. Then I played against you, who played flying men and thunder spirits. It's useless. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, my so my my. I thought more people would play actual creature decks like uh, uh, with with sushis or whatever. Like th then I then I can live with the with the moats in, in yeah. my version. Uh, did you miss? Did you did you miss playing the factories in your version? No. You don't think so? Uh, no, uh, I mean that that was a call I, a call I made. Um, we didn't so have I, lightning bolt, so yeah. It so can't I really won't be aggressive, I guess. I wanted to play more planes, so I actually could support Blood Moon as well yeah. in the deck. Uh, that that was my, so that's that's the main difference. One two differences between my decks. I played uh, Blood Moons and I played Shivan Dragons because I love to play my unlimited Shivan Dragons and emotes. So yeah, that that was just uh, some some kind of weird vanity. We played Swedish reprints only, and I got to play. My my newly acquired third Shivan Dragon. So yeah, your deck your deck looks more like a traditional deck that somebody might have played in actual 1995. You know, like you have three Shivans, <laughs> you have four swords. Just fuck, just play them in your deck. Whereas mine was like kind of tailored to our modern day meta to try and beat it. But yours is, is certainly you know more elegant and more fun. I have two beta Shivans myself kicking around that find themselves into way more decks than they should just because I own them. So I get that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I I love that I love that card and I, and I mean, like my fourth um, fireball w w is that Fisher and I've talked about it before that I, that it's it's like a curse that uh, when Adam Mercado sent me that for Christmas <laughs> it's like I I just have to play it so 
yeah, uh, it's a UFO one. It's so yeah. Uh, well, Fisher's I, not Fisher's not a bad card. I've I've played a few recently myself, but it's no Fireball. Did you miss that fire that fourth Fireball in your board? Did you miss it in your main deck? Yeah, I I kind of would have wanted that fourth Fireball instead of the Fisher. Um, uh, I because I played that Fisher in in the in the Troll Disco deck where I actually loved it because it was like. I was uh, short on on spaces in my sideboard, and I uh, couldn't play both Terror Number Two and Stone Rain, so I played a Fisher instead. And yeah, I heard that on the on the pod the other day. That's yeah, a very elegant solution. I love it. I mean, it killed two Sir Angels. It did its job. So so yeah, uh, and it's like I think that, and it's like my opponent's like, yeah, it's instant. Is it instant? Yeah, uh, it's 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 a. It's a yeah, you, you don't really see it being used uh, that often, I guess. But I kind of like because uh, Brian, in your uh, like when you play the tournament, uh, there were no uh, libraries, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but maybe some people playing the deck uh, usually plays like, or they, they play one stone rain just because library, like not losing to library. They uh, so. I don't know, Fisher is a slower but somewhat solution to that, I guess. I like your point. I like your point in the other pod that it's it does it does all the same things and it's it's very elegant and then it also can kill a creature, but it is a little bit worse against that turn one library, which you can usually stone rain on turn two. Yeah. Uh, but other than that it does everything. Yeah. Uh we were actually we had a we had an interesting discussion about my deck. I discussed with my friend the janitor who is always on the pod and it's like um what would you what would you splash because you don't have city of brass um so you can basically splash one color with your with your red jewels would you splash demonic tooth or mind twist or ancestral time walk um, in this deck in the one in the one that you just played yeah because i, I, I could be, i could basically choose one of those two um, right huh i probably i probably would splash the black cards I think I would. Time walk is this is a horrible time walk deck. Yeah. So I mean, ancestral is amazing, but at this point, is my the only thing keeping me from doing that is I hate the actual card demonic tutor tutor because I hate the play patterns and I hate hemming and hawing for five minutes about my tutor target. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, I think it is more powerful. Tutoring for balance, tutoring for mind twist, tutoring for wait you have tutoring for library. You have enough targets here. It's fine. Yeah, and I could tutor for blood moon blood moon as well. Yes, shot, also shot, shot some. Uh, COP red after sideboard to just shut someone out. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Tudor is nice regarding like if you want to play those singleton bullets. Like in yep. your version, uh, Mono, you have like this city in a bottle in the sideboard, but having like being able to fetch in your main with Demonic Tudor, it makes it better in, in a way. Also makes balance and st like cards like that better. Uh, it certainly does. That's the real reason to play it. The problem is I just I only had two ish of those cards in my deck, whereas normally you have like six, right? Yeah. So it just wasn't enough. But I guess that that's what you always have to have. Like, okay, Demonic Tutor is one of the cards that makes you like you're not playing counter spells, so that's the reason you might want to play more of each card. Like you're playing, uh, like the mirror or whatever. Yeah, uh, and you want to find cards and stuff like that. That makes it so. I kind of like how you built your deck. It looks clean because you you're able to find what you need, even though you only have basically brain gazer and the books, of course. But uh, well, there's a lot of redundancies, right? Like killing, you know, bolting or swordsing a savannah lion. There's not very much difference to that, right? And so I have eight cards that kind of do the same thing. It can get a little bit more awkward when you know i draw a bolt against serendib and things like that but again i have mazes i have fireball a lot of these cards kind of do the same thing so while i'm not as powerful and not ancestraling and not demonic tutoring for brain geyser and all that stuff um a lot of the cards just you know handle handle one threat very very cleanly so Uh, do you want to walk us through how you went about with your sideboard? 
Um, yeah, did, let's did see. You go, did you shake at the, the deck and just went from there? Or <laughs> No, I so I'm horrible at sideboarding. I don't really ever really... I know that what you should do is look at your top six matchups and figure out which cards you bring in and find the ones, what you want your deck to look like, and map it all out and blah, blah. I never want to do that, right? It's not old mm. school to me. And so the only thing I knew for sure that I wanted in here were four um, red blasts because, like I said, I just, I'm just i so bad against the counterspell decks, right? So mm. I, needed, I needed a way to actually fight them a little bit post-board. That's what the second scepter is as well. Other than that, three angels has become fairly stock for me in all of these sorts of lists because just it's just so powerful catching people off guard in game two um and it's just it, it, it's another you know like we said factory can be a moat sarah angel can truly be a moat i just have i've had yeah. one sarah angel hold off four as we all have had hold off four little two two ground creatures a million times so those are the those are the obvious parts cards Falling Star is just too broken to not play in your 75 somewhere, I feel, at this point. It's just too powerful a card. Um, yeah, I had well, how come we haven't seen... Because, like, the last couple of two, three years, we've seen Falling Stars, but why haven't we seen it more earlier? Because you're probably right about it being bonkers in some, like, instances where you're playing against a green deck or something. I, I don't know, honestly. I, th I think the card is just underplayed across the board. Um, I mean, even you can, the, the thing about it is you can play it. It's not like Earthquake. You can play it in an aggro mirror, and it's a one-sided Earthquake or whatever. And it also kills the Spectres and taps the Sedstrolls of the world, which Quake doesn't even touch. I just think the card in a vacuum is one of the most underplayed cards in old school to the point where I'm not sure I even like the Errata that much. You know, it might it might just be like... If we all played correctly and played enough of these, it might just be like a lot of aggro falling star mirrors versus the deck, and all the aggro decks would play twelve bolts, and it would turn this like turn this real <laughs> weird niche meta that wouldn't even be that fun. I don't know, but okay. I'm glad people aren't really like you know pushing it as hard as they could. I, I, I think it's gonna uh, emerge more after COVID because it's atrocious to play on webcam. I mean, that's a great point. Yeah, because it's like. Uh, so in some lists, I was like, yeah, I should play a Falling Star here. But I'm playing against a lot of random people I don't know. I'll just add an Earthquake instead, and it's a lot easier and smoother to play. Um, uh, but Yeah, my, my living planes have been just sitting on the sideline for so... I've been dying to sleeve them up again, but I just I don't want a Falling Star. I don't want to have to say, all right, this, this Withered Wretch is your plateau. And, you know, this brainstorm is going to be your tundra. And just like, you know, I, that's yeah. just so miserable. I refuse to do that. So We had uh, in the last Odal finals, we had like, we, we played the four horsemen. Uh, well, uh, we had living plane falling star deck. You would probably love playing that. So uh, good. So good. Yeah. But especially not having like counter spells, not having like the usual. Disenchants. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow, yeah, no counterspell, no no disenchant? Jesus Christ, yeah. Living yeah. Plane is is fairly broken with no disenchant, I feel like. Mm. Yeah, I know how you like trying to be you must have like how many versions do you even have with Living Plane right now? I'll tell you. I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> the the man the mana stack lists like Honestly, 120. It's been going slower than it has been in the past because I've just spent enough time on all this crap. But let's see. I have a Living Plane folder. Let's see where that is. Living Plane. Well, there's only nine in here right now, but that's because a lot of them are in other various. Like I have, a, I had a, a made a special folder for like Noobcom and one for Eternal Weekend. And so some of them are hiding out in other folders. But I have yeah. nine in here right now. I'll tell you their names real quick. Living Plane, Living Plane, Falling Star EC, Living Plane, Fallen Angel, Rook Egg, Mono Green, Living Plane, Living Plane, Siren's Call, Living Plane, Falling Star, Abyss, Living Plane, Falling Star, ATL, <laughs> Best, Gentlemen's, and Living Plane, Falling Star, ATL, Best. Those are the names. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's great. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Best, I probably overuse the word Best, obviously, but I try to do that when I have like 10 of the same deck. And I forget which one I think is the is the best one, quote unquote, that I'm working on. So I name yeah. it best. But then I name like another couple best and it just kind of keeps, you know, folding onto itself. So I, I need to start making more decks because like um, during this summer and like half half a year into COVID, I had like 10, 15 decks to play. 
but I played all my decks. They, my, my deck database is empty. I play. I played so much last year, so I emptied all my decks. Yeah, you played more than almost anybody online in the, in the past year. I feel like. Yeah, I. There. But this year I haven't played much at all. Uh, so you so, slowed yeah. down a bit after. Yeah. Like well, New year or um, something. some 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 health issues and stuff like that made me play less, stressed less about. Uh, pairings with uh, with random people nine time zones away and whatever yeah. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. uh, i always uh, go to Orlam for because he's played like every league so it's like i'm thinking about playing this well that's probably not your time zone and no they're playing <laughs> <laughs> so he knows exactly it's what, complicated what's like magic on the internet is more complicated than just taking a deck and going to a tournament right there's a lot of shit you have to weigh including things like time zones it's kind of yeah, crazy I agree. Yeah. I'm also kind of at the end of my leash. Like, I'm on this this heater in the Neo, so I'm going to run this out for as long as I can. But there's only one more month of that, and then it's the summer derby, and I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely you know take a step back come come the end of summer and, and the second half of this year because I'm I'm also burning out. I've played like I don't even know in, in, in that database that Jeff Lou built. I probably have like a hundred matches in it at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 insane, um, and I was like. Yeah, I'm I'm probably uh, gonna play online still even post COVID, but I, I'm gonna focus on like one day tournaments. Uh, um, like this Saturday, we're having a invitational. I, I just invited some people I want to play Magic with and started a tournament, one day tournament. It's like I didn't I didn't get an invite. Yeah, you got an invite, not not directly, but oh, uh, okay. yeah. Well, what's what's <laughs> I not directly? I, I couldn't play anyway, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like yeah. You just bring twenty friends and play a five round yeah. tournament, whatever. Um, yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That like, that is that's ideal and awesome. It's just for me, those one dayers are are really hard right now. It's so yeah, hard to yeah, and it's. For a lot of people, it's really hard. Um, so, so yeah, I like the the online um, online tournaments nowadays because there's so there's both one days, there's league, there's something for everyone. And yeah, it's like everyone can can find um, a suitable tournament to play in. There's there's like proxy, there's like singleton, like you can play pretty much anything. Yeah, there's semi pip forty, niche. there's semi pip sixty, there's semi pip <laughs> un unlimited only French yeah. French revised Renaissance, right? Like yeah, yeah. whatever. Whatever you want. Yeah, but I also I feel like people are more used to playing like a couple of years ago before the plague hit people it was still a bit strange seeing people playing online. Uh people have been doing it a while, but now it's like a way of life, you know. It's been so many people. I really am curious how it's all going to change in a couple of months, or you know, whenever whenever we get back, right? Is how many people are going to be in the 2022 Summer Derby? You know, there was 270 in the past one, or the past Winter Derby, right? Are we going yeah. to see those numbers again, or are people just going to be just going to be moving on because the online was just you know you know by necessity, not not for the love. I can I only know. speak for myself, but I feel like I've been moving and we've been moving because I, I'll, clearly I've been playing with Orlan and a bunch of people uh, before also. But we've been moving more and more to, towards like one day events, like maybe seeing that those tables like in the far distance actually being able to play like yeah. in real life. Uh, so but if you if you have. Uh, OK, we can have the big noob comms, uh, but I'm uh, I'm more talking about like just asking some people and playing in one day because then you can still have like the lobby hangout and it's more of a that thing right more of a traditional you know just gathering not like a giant tournament like that yeah i don't know where i fall on that because i do like i'm kind of in the minority in that i love giant tournaments i feel like if you posed you know if you pulled the masses in old school the ideal tournament size would be like 30 would be something around there would be would be about people's average you know if they could choose their best size i'm more i want something bigger than that i i'm fine in the 100 100 range i love i love me a big tournament yeah i i i kind of like um i, I kind of like the 25 people tournaments and the 100 people tournaments what i don't like is the 60 70 people tournaments which is like it's not big and it's not small it's just weird uh because like NoobCon at 120 or 18 or whatever, how many people, that that's obviously great. But then again, our Ivory Cup tournaments in Stockholm, it's like 25. 
and those are some of the best tournaments. It's like yeah. it's it's really small and you you kind of know everyone there. Uh, yeah. But if it's six if it's sixty like the the Arveca tournament I won, it's like there's it's it's kind of big but and you don't really know uh, everyone but it doesn't really feel noobcon big it it felt kind of like a small tournament i won but it was 82 people but yet you don't know everybody it doesn't have that like you can't chat with everybody in the room by any means but also doesn't have the big tournament feel yeah maybe it's just missing a little bit from both sides of the spectrum of course there from the like deck discussion but yeah. Uh, yeah it's nice to talk some a bit about how, how you're playing right now and what we're feeling that we want to do in the future uh, but basically you i think we, we talked about falling star but like oh yeah it's kind of a stock like f- sideboard i'd say uh you mentioned that you don't really like putting together like you, you you said you're horrible at sideboarding but basically you don't exactly know where you want to be i guess i just don't want to put in the time you know like to really figure out your sideboard right it's definitely like a couple of hours or maybe one maybe if you play a deck a lot and you and you understand all of its you know idiosyncrasies and you know the matchups you can you can you know cut that time down but i play new decks all the time and so for me, that whole exercise of mapping and figuring out my matchups and all that stuff, that's like a two or three hour endeavor. And yeah. I'm just not doing that. So it's, it's safe enough to just do the old school way and throw some blasts and Sarahs and disenchants in your board and move on with your life. That's pretty much what I do. I feel like I can see like where you want to go uh, it, when you're cyborging with it. It's like you already mentioned like the Sarah stuffs are, uh, of course, coming in. A lot of times, I guess, and the red elemental lost. You have one cop red. Uh, you have some artifact removal. You usually have more artifacts running around in the states. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm this deck. Part of the reason this deck is good is that it's really good against shops, right? I have four disenchants, um, four swords main, three mazes main. I have a pile of more artifact removal on the board. I yeah. have fireballs to kill things that somehow slip through the cracks. And one divine I can offering just... main also. So. Right, I have the divine offering main. I have mirrors. Like, it's surprising how many times. I did this against both against Jared Doucette and um, against Simon Christie. They were both on, in the Swiss rounds of this, they were on Arabian Aggro, and they were just like, guy, attack, guy, attack, bolt you, side blast, and I just go, mirror, untap, gain 17 or whatever, <laughs> and that's that. You know, yeah, like they didn't yeah. have a shatter, and so they just lose the game. And it was surprising how good Mirror was in those situations, and it can do a similar thing against shops, right? Just gaining 12 life against any of those decks is just just monstrous. Yeah, and it's also interesting because it's it's a mana burn format, right? Something you guys aren't used to. Yeah. So what happens right. a lot? What happens a lot is I play a Mirror. I'm you know I'm at I'm at 10. They're at 18, and they just start mana burning themselves down to get roughly even with me. And then I just fireball them for nine once they mana burn themselves down. So it kind of accomplishes the same thing, but it's like a little awkward and the life gain aspect of mirror isn't there. So it's again, something I'm Mm. less sure of and probably need to think about a little bit more, but it's very different than Sweden where, um, you know, you can just, you just can gain, you know, 17 life pretty much whenever you want. It's it's a different animal here. But also it works in the other direction, as you mentioned, like you can, take some damage at the end of opponent's turn. Like right, the, the right. That's a great point. Uh, way of going about. You only need a bolt in some... Uh, right, like and in my deck, I have eight I have eight burn spells, so if I can burn down to three or less, it's very likely I'll have that bolt to kill them, whereas the actual deck only has a fireball, you know? So yeah. it's a much better, much better mana burn, mirror, kill deck. 
Um, I'll be at a little scary to to go that low against all these all these burn spell decks. But yes, it's certainly a line that you can take, and I have taken. I think also like playing one Wrath of God and the balance. Those are also good against shops that usually like to overwhelm the board with like robots. I guess. Uh, oh yeah, I rest. I in that original tournament, I remember I played against John Grudzina in the top eight. He's a good he's a good player from New England as well. He was on shops. And I just fucking wrathed him to kingdom come. <laughs> I remember he had like four giant dudes out. And I was like actually a little bit in trouble for once. And I just peeled wrath off the top. And that was that, you know, like it, feel, it feels really good to wrath away a pile of robots. Let me tell you. Wrath's yeah. another card that like nobody plays in old school. Literally nobody. It's like maybe the best card in this Beast 1.5 format that I've been playing a little bit. And there's tons of creatures there. And wrath is insane there. But nobody plays it here, and that's probably right because there's a lot of decks that don't play creatures, and a lot of decks that only play like eight creatures. But like, it'd be a different world where you had to factor in Wrath of God into you know building your creature decks, right? Like, I'm kind of glad it doesn't exist because I don't want to. I don't want to have to not play my sixteenth creature out of fear of wrath. Yeah, and I I'm kind of agreeing with you on that because like. Going into old school way back, uh, I remember having like one at least, but like in your when playing the deck or something, that was right. like the old school way of going about. Uh, but now you don't see that much. But still, we have kind of an aggressive, like wide uh, meta, like creatures uh, all over the board, and I don't really understand why we why we should see more. I mean, it's Rats. like the the. It's just that most of the creature decks play like twelve-ish creatures, or sometimes only eight creatures, right? And so, do you really want Wrath against a ten-creature deck? Ah, okay. I don't think you you really do. It's a little clunky. Like swords and then other stuff is just so much better. But like, there's a world, and I just I don't know. I just love Wrath of God. I have some beta Wraths. I figured I'd throw one in. That's also really really good when I'm mazing, right? So like that's the other thing too. Yeah, you're right. If I can hold yeah. off some creatures with maze, so I figured I'd, I figured if there was ever a home for one Wrath, it'd be here. Yeah, you usually play some maces in the troll decks you're playing also, Alan, right? But for the same reason, but with the disc instead. The, yeah, but the, the maze, I mean, troll disc is the best maze deck. So, yeah. Uh, but it's the same uh, idea, you're exactly right. Yeah. Maze maze plus disc is, is, you know, insane, and maze plus wrath is a pretty good approximation of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I also put a uh, wrath of God in my sideboard, uh, and I would have put it even if you didn't have it. It's like... In, in this deck, it's like, yeah, if people are going to swarm me with, me with, like, emerald dragonflies or whatever, it's like, yeah, I'll just wrap them away and and, right. and have, have a mace. That's another matchup that, like, it, you know, a lot more mono-greenish decks, and those decks do play 26 creatures, and Wrath is an all-star there. How good does it feel wrathing away Timberwolves plus emerald dragonfly plus Wily Wolf plus Curd Ape or whatever, right? Like, fuck that. <laughs> Goodbye. Game over. Let's move on. You know, let's play some big boy magic. Yeah. It's... It felt great. I played against um, I played against a goblin deck or something. Uh, I mean, a red green aggro deck with goblins. Like, yeah, I'll fireball your three dudes for six mana. Yeah, yeah, Go exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have that. I felt that against when you and I played Olan. Yeah. But I had like the silly uh, restricted cards uh, draw. Yeah, so well, you you didn't want to. You didn't care anyhow. But you did have all the fireballs, and all my creatures had one in toughness, basically. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just like. I mean, fireball. It's not that hard to do that, right? And fire. That's part of the reason why I've been shouting from the rooftops how good fireball is, because it's very. It just very often finds a pretty good use, and sometimes it just breaks the game wide open like that. It's very rare that it's sitting in your hand doing nothing. Usually only against like, Juzam or Urnum, and even in those situations, it's like trading whatever trading six mana for four isn't the worst. You know, yeah. like you can deal with it. So like even the. The fallback scenarios are usually fine. I just don't get why. I know that Christian has been playing two fireballs in his troll disco for a while, and he's he's really, you know, one of the he's like not a very good fireballer in a vacuum, but he's one of the better fireballers in Europe. Apparently, playing two <laughs> fireballs in your troll disco deck makes you want it makes you a tier one fireballer in Europe. But yeah. like, but um, usually it just you play does it all. one fireball like in every deck, uh, even if, if you're playing control or whatever. Just that's something you guys have been saying on on um 
what the, f on flipping orbs forever, right? Like every red deck, every red deck, if it's not playing a fireball, you're doing something wrong. And by red deck, I mean deck with four City of Brasses and one Mox Ruby. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you need, you're, there's so many times. We did see, I don't remember, no, we didn't have it in the Twitter World deck, but uh, didn't we have like a, the deck, when did I see the deck with just fireball as a win con? Uh, Danny. Yeah, exactly. Danny yeah, won. Danny. He kind of second played. A... Second place in, in the Winter Derby. Okay, second uh, place. Oh, that was the, uh, the last Winter Derby. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was just a few few months ago. So, yeah. and he, but he played the, like more, uh, like all the counter spells, like the deck. Well, the he deck, just, I he guess. skips factory. He skips factory, plays okay. three recalls, and has one fireball, and he gets to play moat because he skips factory. And he gets to cheat on mana a little bit too. So, but his only way to win is literally one fireball, or I guess one brain geyser if the yeah. game goes long enough. Yeah, he he likes those types of wins, but yeah, the fireball does so many. It's a versatile card, and uh, well, you you're able to play it a lot <laughs> in this deck, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it's not. This isn't even the best fireball deck, and still, I'm pretty sure that four is right here. And God forbid when you start playing things like mana flare or you know just. You know, you have a, you have a more you have a, a strategy that's trying to do a lot of damage and yet still has a lot of mana, like Birds of Paradise decks, Urnum decks, things like that, that are also very chippy and also might play 26 or 27 mana sources. Fireball is just an all-star there, and I just I don't see it as often as I think I should. Mm. I'm I'm also I'm I'm getting to be a believer in 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 Fireball. I played two Fireballs in my troll disco. Um, since I first time I played it, and I'm I'm actually at two point four now because I so often I just want to top deck that fireball. Yeah, and losing 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 the on the bubble in <laughs> um, my winning noob. in at noobcom where I had the two fireballs in hand when he balanced me, where ba fireball was the only card that actually could win. Uh, that's, <laughs> that, that felt tough. I tear, like, I gotta say I teared up a little bit hearing that story. <laughs> When you guys did yeah. it on the pod the other day, it was it was really sad. Yeah, uh, that that was like the eleven for one um, balance is yeah. obviously good <laughs> at the five zero bracket. Yeah, I'm gonna tell that story until I die. So, well, yeah. that's one way also of like talking up fireball because like knowing you always have it in your deck and you feel like okay, I can't win this, but okay, if I draw fireball. There's yeah. so many situations that you, you can remember that you've been in when that was the case. Right, exactly. Uh, I mean, there, there's there's always two flex loss or whatever, and that can be an extra fireball. So, yeah. That. Uh, but yeah, I think we kind of covered the basis of the deck. Maybe some minor changes. You touched on that earlier, like the... If you're able to play Mind Twist, maybe this is some splashing that will be do you were doing, I guess, uh, for Mind Twist. Maybe you should yeah, play. It, yeah, it's um, you don't want to play this in an Armageddon meta, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and it gets it's also just better in Gentlemen's too, right? Because there's less cards you want to counter, right? What are the cards you want to counter most of all, like besides Armageddon, are probably Mind Twist and Ancestral Recall, right? And they just don't exist in this format. So that's another reason why I thought it made sense to run it in this that tournament specifically. But I don't know if you're if you play a deck similar to this, if you get any respect anymore, because I kind of like again, going back to what Olin said before, like it's just a pile of good cards for the most part, right? I've rearranged yeah. them in like a slightly different manner. And when you do that, you can still command a little respect for at least a little while. But that ship may have sailed, so I don't know how I, I people are going to feel about this going forward. About, because I did yeah. see some like Facebook chat people trying to nudge you on you basically playing the deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but but but, but the thing is, I I, um, I think that if you played this in a what would you think if you played this in a tournament in real life, you beat someone senseless in a match, would they just? Um, go up and and walk away or would they stay and drink a beer with you after you beat them with this deck okay. i think they would stay i think they would stay yeah. and drink a beer they would be because they wouldn't really know what was happening they would just think that you always had an answer little do they know your deck is all answers but yeah. it feels a lot different when they counterspell 
your card and then activate Jam Day Tome than when you cast Swords to Plowshares and activate Jam Day Tome or whatever, you know? Just feels different. Yep. Yeah. I think the card Counterspell combined with Tome is what people hate. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Uh, because like you sit with a counter spell in hand and then you uh response to your spell draw a card with book they think you top deck the counter spell <laughs> uh, which which you always uh, should give the impression because it puts people on tilt yeah <laughs> oh how lucky just throw it on the table yeah. got yeah. it yeah yeah uh, we, we have that in sweden when we always say did you draw it but in swedish <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, I draw it. Like always, uh, drew it. Yeah, yeah. Like the old school who got player who got me into playing old school, Nicky Magnusson. He he he's always sitting with like a bunch of counterspells and always like checks the top of his deck. He's like, oh come on, come on, come on. It's like, <laughs> oh okay. It's like doing the whole. <laughs> I love I love stuff like that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and well, he he and Olerade invented the Swedish sheet. Where you uh, where you check the top of your deck and both of the they they played so many times so they knew their their what how the cards looked on the top you only could play penny sleeves in those days uh, and oh because there's because of the card backs yeah, 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 yeah. and you had yeah. you had some like way back when people basically cheated it was a part but of that the wasn't system. even that wasn't even really cheating yeah, back yeah. in no, the day right. Was- it was perfectly legal. Every like at the high levels, every, I mean, everybody who could, not everybody could do that. Yeah. But if you could do it, people were doing it. You yeah. know, like it wasn't cheating at all. I mean, I mean, uh, then you you could just play. I mean, basic lands from another set because they had different card card back colors. So, so like you, if you didn't play any Ice Age cards, you play Ice Ice Age basic lands. They had different card color, so you could see if it was a basic land. I remember. I remember Bob. Bob Meyer telling me a story sometime. I forgot who this was against or where it was, but it was at a high profile event. It might have been a Pro Tour, like in the top eight. And he had to play, he was playing sleeveless, and his opponent had a force of will on top of his deck. You know, Bob knew because he could he could tell from the card backs. And he had petitioned, he told everyone, look, I like before this top eight started, he's like, we can't do no sleeves. Everyone's gonna be able to see stuff. They're going to know, like, I'm going to know, I can tell you exactly where all the Alliance's cards are, etc. And they were like, no, we're just going to do no sleeves, it's fine. And he was like, all right, but, like, just so you know, this is going to happen. And it did happen, and there was a turn where, like, his opponent was playing Reanimator and, like, had an Entomb or something, and didn't, or, or, uh, Bob duressed him or something, or, or whatever, looked at his hand. He had an Entomb. He did not cast the Entomb, which there was literally no reason to not cast because you don't want to draw whatever creature you're going to Entomb for, right? But he didn't cast it because he knew there was a Force of Will on top of his deck that he wanted to draw. And Bob was like, why aren't you casting this Entomb? There's a Force of Will on top of you. are like, what the fuck? And he's like, I don't know, man. I'm just not casting it. And he drew Force of Will and then cast it. Whatever, it went exactly as planned. But like, that's just a crazy story from like that kind of shit that went on back in the day, you know? And so I think this was late 90s when when they stopped, you know, doing unsleeved Pro Tour top eights or something. Yeah, they had like you you weren't even you you couldn't play with sleeved cards. They made you they made you yeah. de-sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it was because of the glare on the camera was their reason. Yeah, maybe they were like when people play penis sleeves, but the end of the story when Mickey Magnuson and Ulla were playing. Ulla was sitting playing against another player, and the other player was at three life or something, and Mickey stands next to him, and also like a high in back in the, that time, like a a real event. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mickey just flips Ulla's top card. Is that three, three damage to you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, that's such such a Mickey move to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were, would would. But he's just standing beside the table, right? He's <laughs> exactly. not even a part of it. Exactly. He just flips it. Oh, that's great. Uh, 
so it's been really nice having you, Mano. We we should do this again when we evolve more counterless big red decks in the yeah, future. Yeah, man, it's really it's it's fun not having to drive the conversation. Let me tell you, it's really it's a breath of fresh air being on somebody else's podcast. It's yeah, fun. but still, you're taking the time, and I'm really happy that you could do it uh, for us. Yeah, of course, anytime. Uh, Orland, do you have any last questions or requests? No, not not really. Uh, I mean, I we can have a we can have a song request. We can play the 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 song that Mano has as an intro as our ending to our episode. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. And may, maybe maybe put in some Monkey Island theme. Okay, so uh, it's Monkey Island and that somewhere. Yeah. But Mano, do I you like it. do you usually do that when you? I know that you love karaoke. Do you, can you do that song karaoke style? Your intro oh, song for for you to put on the pod. No, I mean, no, I have no, done not, it. Not for I have me, done but... it. I did it at the karaoke at NoobCon in 2019. Okay, the one, the famous one that Gordon was like, you, "Were you? You guys? Neither of you were there." At that yeah, time. that that's a big miss. Uh, yeah, Gordon. We, yeah. Oh, you were playing Q Cube or something, I think, right? Or uh, or I, what? I forgot what you were doing, but anyway, you weren't there. But I did sing that with Dave. They had it somehow. The karaoke had it. They had the they had the uh, trebles finals in their in their karaoke <laughs> thing, and so I sang it. Um, uh, and Dave Dave I actually have a recording of it, so I could I do actually uh, I could send it to you. And Dave, yeah, yeah, but, you could do that. We can yeah. end with that if uh, if you're cool. With I'll see it, if I can dig it up. It's it's really buried at this point. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a nice uh, day, evening, or where we are at in this <laughs> world. <laughs> All right, take care. Okay.